it's good to see you here and it's good that we can meet on a beautiful sunday morning and uh, do you know that god remains beautiful despite the context in the world he doesn't change he still is god he still loves you he still protects you he still is is your God, is your Lord, is your strength, is your healer, your beginning and your end. He's everything. That's the good thing about God. Because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He does not change. Well, people need to change because we need to grow. Yeah? That's the change that happens to us. The world will always change because the world is under a completely brutal rule of the devil because he loves confusion. But who cares about what the devil thinks or does? That's his business, don't you think so? We got our own business, and our business is preaching Jesus and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ and manifesting the kingdom of our God here on earth. So let's not lose focus because our neighbor is misbehaving. Mm. This is not us. And after all, the devil is not even our neighbor. He's our enemy. Your neighbor is not your enemy. The devil is the enemy. So know your enemy so that you can fight well. Verse, thanks very much for being here this morning. We still are on our beautiful teaching, Becoming Like Christ. You know, last week, verse did talk about Jesus, keeping focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is very crucial. I think maybe just to add one or two emphasis on Jesus, we need to understand that he is the author and finisher of our faith. So our faith is focused on Jesus because our faith flows from Jesus. He is the beginner of our faith, and he is the beginning of our faith, and he is the end of our faith. So our faith is on Christ Jesus, not on the church, not on anything else, but on Jesus who authored the faith, who gave us the faith, eh? who, who is what God has done in our lives and is doing for you and me. So our focus is on Jesus Christ. And that's why we love him because Jesus is from the Father. And he is like the Father. That's why he says, if you see me, you see the Father. He is just the same with the Father. He is one thing. And Jesus reveals the Father. So when we see Jesus, we see God, our Father, who is in heaven. So we keep our focus on Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus because he is a good thing. If you read the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 24, you can write it down. I won't read it. The Bible there is very clear that Jesus is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. So we're focusing on the power of God. We're focusing on the wisdom of God. And we are living in the power of God. We're living in the wisdom of God. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is the way of doing things here on earth. He is the way of doing things in the kingdom of God. He's the only way to God. He's only way to who God is and what God is all about. So he's the way of doing business here on earth. He's the way of doing family. He's the way of doing whatever you are doing is Jesus. 
the way of doing it, the method of doing it, the philosophy of doing whatever you are doing, the sociology or the psychology of doing what you are doing is called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So we do all by Jesus because the Bible says all things were created by him. For him and through him. That's who he is and all things consist in him. So as we focus on Jesus, my prayer and our prayer is that we will come to this place where we can experience Jesus. Where we can, I mean, come to what the Bible calls the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because knowing Jesus saves you. Saves you from the world. It saves you from anything else. So we are on a journey to know him deeper, to know him more, because that's all we need to be doing, seeking Jesus. Paul says, I determined nothing among us you, but to know Jesus Christ. You and me, I want to invite you this morning and in the days ahead, that in a time like this, let's know Jesus. Hallelujah. Because that's the knowledge we seek. But guess what? How can we know Jesus? He is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. He is revealed to us by the one who knows him, the Holy Spirit. And so this morning we want to look at the Holy Spirit. Well, I cannot speak about the Holy Spirit for only 30 minutes. I need about three months to talk about the Holy Spirit. But <laughs> I'm going to, to try this morning to, to just give you a glimpse of this gentleman called the Holy Spirit. Because we need to understand him for who he is. You know, we can talk about the Holy Spirit in many ways. We can look at the person of the Holy Spirit we can look at the function of the Holy Spirit. We can look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We can look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These four key areas of the Holy Spirit, they are very foundational and fundamental for every believer to understand. So this morning, I am just going to focus on the person of the Holy Spirit because you cannot walk with somebody you do not know. The same thing, you cannot follow Jesus if you don't know Jesus. So if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to know Jesus. And for you to know Jesus, you need to know the Holy Spirit because he reveals Jesus to you. Am I clear on that? So your relationship with the Holy Spirit is very foundational, very fundamental in what you are going to do. So let's begin. I have a number of scriptures and I'm going to work well with the desk behind this morning. Even as we run through a number of scriptures, some of them, they will be there for your notes to read. I'm not going to use all of them because of time. And I'm just going to use speed. Mm, speed to, to say what I need to say. So let's, let's discover first so that we can understand the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse number 16 to number 18. If you can put it up there, then we do it. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Let's go to the other scripture. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you as a believer. 
He is your helper. He is the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is only for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You already have the Holy Spirit yourself. Are you with me there? He is your best friend because he lives inside of you. Don't look for him in the mountains or in any other thing. He is inside of you. Let's move on to John 15 verse 26. I'm just laying a little foundation. I want to get to his person so that you can know him. Verse 26, the Bible says, but when the helper comes, this word, key, helper, helper, eh, is very foundational. Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will be a witness about me. Oh, my goodness, God. He bears witness about no other person but Jesus Christ. He proceeds from the Father. He has been sent to you for you, for your use. If there is anything you want to use in the kingdom of God, it's the Holy Spirit. Because it's given for your use to witness eh? Jesus to you, not to the world. Let me put it this way. Ladies and gentlemen, you and, Ma and I are witnesses for Jesus to the world. But the Holy Spirit witnesses about Jesus to me as a believer, to you as a believe. So you learn Jesus from the Holy Ghost. Because he is the one who will even interpret the word to you. And then when you know Jesus, you can now show the world Jesus. So you need the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Let's move on. John 16 verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, helper, spirit of truth, eh, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And who is the truth? Jesus Christ. So he is guiding you to Jesus. All the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Hallelujah. So you and me need the Holy Spirit. So that he can do these things that we have seen in these scriptures. Please go home and read these three scriptures with a lot of understanding. So you can understand. So who is the Holy Spirit? What is he like? I need us to understand that he is not an it. He is a person. He is a member of the Godhead. Let us create men in our image and in our own likeness. He is in the three functions of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is a person. And I need us to understand that the Holy Spirit has always been there from the beginning. Because he has been the primary agent in all the ministry of the word throughout centuries. He has been there right from the beginning. He is the author of both the Old and the New Testament. Are you with me there? I'm not going to read all the scriptures I want there, but I want you to give me Second Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15 to 17, so we can see the Holy Spirit. 
and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, the scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Let's go on. All scripture is breathed out of Sorry, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Breathed out by God. Whenever the Bible talks of breathing out, it talks of the Spirit of God. <laughs> because when God breathes out, he breathes out his spirit. So the scriptures were breathed out by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is called the Holy Spirit. He's one who breathed out the scriptures. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21, what does it say? Let's discover that. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The prophets... In the Old Testament, they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, even in the New Testament. So the Holy Spirit has always been there. He has always been around. He has always been the agent of God's creation. He has always been the agent of God's message and messengers throughout the centuries. And he is now there. In the Old Testament, ladies and gentlemen, he did not necessarily indwell people. No, he would come upon them. If you read the Bible, about 16 liters of Israel, there are 16 different occasions of different people where the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God would come upon them. And they would do strange things. Eh? Very strange things. Remember Samson. He would kill 10,000 people using a donkey. Because the Spirit came upon that's what the Bible says. That was the Holy Spirit. But now in the New Testament, he is living inside of us. He is in us. He is upon us. He is with us. And he is working with us. He is doing with us what he did with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is doing to us what he did to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says, if you believe in me, the things I do, you shall surely do, and greater things than this. And we do them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? So the Holy Spirit is there with us. We see prophets like Joel. Let's read Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. What does the Bible say? The Joel prophesies about the Spirit of God. Yeah, Right from the beginning. For, okay. I was almost reading. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It shall come to pass that afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. I'll pour out my spirit. And did God pour out his spirit on own flesh? He has it. He has done it. Acts chapter number 2. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Fulfilling this prophecy. So he has come. 
Don't wait and expect that the Holy Spirit will come. If you are a believer, hear me this morning. The Holy Spirit came 2,000 years ago. And he is in you. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the symbol and the mark that you belong to Christ Jesus. So you have the Spirit of the Lord inside of you. Hallelujah. Before he is taken away, Jesus assures his followers of the Holy Spirit. If you read Acts chapter 1, let's read Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, Jesus says something there. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You will receive power. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That power is by the Holy Spirit. The power is not by coming to church. The power is not by just being a Christian. <laughs> the power is by the Holy Spirit who has come upon you. And when you have the power, you become the witness because the Holy Spirit is a witness. There is no way you can have the Spirit of God in you and you do not witness for Jesus. Because the Spirit in you is a witness for Jesus. So he makes you witnesses. In Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth, beginning from where you are, beginning from your family, that is your Jerusalem. That's where you witness for Jesus. So every one of us here has greater platforms and pulpits for witnessing by the power of the Holy Spirit who is in you and me. Are you with me this morning? So we have the Holy Spirit. We see him outpoured finally at Pentecost. I have said this. He came upon them and they began to do strange things. Eh? And they spoke in strange tongues. That's, that's the evidence of his presence in a believer. The key evidence, the fundamental, physically evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a believer is speaking in other tongues. And they did that. And they did it very well. Are you with me this morning? Let me give you a few attributes of the Holy Spirit. I want us to understand his real person. That he is a person. He is not just a spirit. He is a person. The person of the Godhead. He is of God. He has the attributes of the mind and feelings. The Holy Spirit has a mind and he has feelings. Romans chapter 8 verse 27. Romans 8 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. Because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You know the mind of the spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind. Of course because he is a person. And he has the mind of God. He has the mind of Christ. He thinks. Use his mind so that he can influence your mind. That's why he is there. You, you can read Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 30. But he, yes, you have put it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He can be grieved because he's a 
person. He has feelings. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Disobeying him. He gives you instruction every day. He orders your steps every day. He tells you things every day. You disobey. You grieve him. But the Bible says, do not grieve him. Because you were sealed for the day of redemption. You remember the seal, ladies and gentlemen. You buy something new, it's put in a box. You send it to this person straight from the manufacturer. It is covered and it's sealed, eh? And it's written that don't accept when the seal is broken. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption, which is the day of the Lord. Sealed. You and me here have the mark of God sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that seal there means about two things. The seal I'm talking about and then the seal as engravement. You have the mark of God. Engraved. How many people are farmers here? Every farmer has his animals engraved a certain symbol, isn't it? Which means these belong to Vesey. These belong to Kilton. You know that? That's the seal. The mark. The mark of God on your life is the Holy Spirit. He is an assurance that you are a child of God and that God is present with you and that you are in God's presence. So you are marked and sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. And the Bible says, do not grieve him, therefore. Because he can be grieved. He can be disappointed by your behavior, by your thoughts, by your words, by how you carry yourself. So be careful not to, because this one is your best friend in this journey. You need his support. Hallelujah. He has the attributes of the will. He has a will. The Holy Spirit has a will. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11. He has a will because he is God. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills, as he desires, as he chooses, as he wants. He apportions to each and every one of us. He has a will. It's important for believers to understand the spirit of God so that when you deal with him, you know what you are dealing with because you must submit to his leadership. And it's very important. Let's move on. He reveals, he teaches, he witnesses, he intercedes, he speaks, he commands, he testifies. Uh, I have a number of scriptures there, but I will only ask you to read me Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 7. Then the rest people will read as they read the notes. That he commands. Acts chapter 6, sorry, yes, Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia, whatever, and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Eh? The Holy Spirit came to Paul and said, here you are not preaching. You are not saying anything. He commanded them to keep quiet. 
and not to speak. He commands. Let's read the other scripture. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. You are not going. Because he speaks, because he commands. Listen to me, my brothers and my sisters. The Holy Spirit speaks to you every moment of your life. The truth is, do you hear what he is saying? The truth also is many of us are not hearing because are not paying attention to the Holy Spirit. Many of us are not hearing because we are unaware that he is there for us and in us. And it is his ministry and it is his duty to speak to us and even to deny us things. Because not everything you want, you should have. (laughs) Not everything you so desire is what God wants for you. And the Holy Spirit is there to bring that awareness to you. Ladies and gentlemen, no is a holy word. No is the word of the Holy Spirit. No is a word in God's vocabulary. It is not a satanic thing. It's not because people hate you when they say no. It's not because God hates you when he says no. But do you listen for a no? In most cases, we are listening for a yes. And even God, before he says yes, you already have done it because you want to do it. Are you with me this morning? Some years ago, I was traveling to Pipebridge, you know, during the humanitarian issues in Zimbabwe, then, 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 we were to travel to Pipebridge. So we got late departing from Bulawayo. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me clearly and said, you are not traveling, you travel in the morning. I heard clearly, as I always try to hear, but I disobeyed. We got into the car. And we traveled from my office in Tulis. When we were at the Ascot, he spoke again. This time, I then sought audience with the guys I was traveling with. Guys, I, I feel we are not supposed to travel. But it's up to you. <laughs> Do you want us to travel? And they said, no, I think we can make it. We can make it before 80 and all that kind of stuff. Let's go because tomorrow there's this. Is, I said, okay. I disobeyed. Got into the car. I was the driver of the car. And off we went. Whew. When we were by there where they sell oranges, you know, along Bitebridge Road where they sell oranges, obviously we are closer to Bitebridge and the luck. This cognac is coming this way. There are a lot of cackly on the side of the road. Well, I, I maneuver. I get back into the road and I try to accelerate. While I'm accelerating, this animal just appears from nowhere on the road. I just saw it from here in the verse. And there was nothing I could do. And I went into it. Bam! And that car was just written off. Like that. And the three of us came out scot-free and hurt, but the car completely 
corner. Listen, it's outside well vision time of traveling. I have already committed a crime against the organization. I have broken policy and rules. And two, I have disobeyed the Holy Spirit. Who told me clearly do not travel? Because he knew what was going to, to happen. But thank God, when you repent, <laughs> he comes along and protects you at the same time. But what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, he speaks and we disobey. He commands and we want our way. And we miss him out. The Holy Spirit is given for you and me. My question is, do you hear him? Let's move on so I can finish. Let's move on. He has a relationship with humans. He can be grieved like we have seen in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. He can be lied to like we saw in Acts chapter 5. If you read Acts chapter 5, you remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And Peter says you have lied to the Holy Spirit. They were talking to Peter. But Peter says you lied to the Holy Spirit. People can lie to the Holy Spirit. But listen, when you are lying to the Holy Spirit, you are lying to yourself. You are deceiving yourself. You know the end result of Anania and sufferance. That they died. You may not die physically, but spiritually you are weakening yourself. You get what I'm talking about? Don't lie to the person who wants to guide you. Because you cannot be guided. Don't lie to the person who wants to teach you because you cannot be taught. Don't lie to the person who wants to reveal things to you because you will remain ignorant of the things that are surely yours. The reason why many believers, Pastor Vess, oh, not Pastor Vess, Brother Vess, eh, the reason why many believers, not only here, but everywhere else, are walking in so much ignorance is because they are not listening to the teacher, the counselor, the helper, the guide, the tour guide, the Holy Spirit. We cannot journey through this life without submitting to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because he is our helper. He helps us with all things. Everything you can think of. He helps you. He can even help you with buying clothes. He can help you with everything. Are you with me this morning? The Holy Spirit. He's a good gentleman. I love him. He can be blasphemed. Remember? Maybe let's read Matthew chapter 12. Did we do it? If we don't, then no problem. I can just share. Matthew chapter 12, verse 31 and 32. Don't worry. If you, if you read that scripture, Jesus is teaching us that you can blaspheme Jesus. You can say anything against Jesus and it will be forgiven you. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it's not forgiven. Any sin against the Holy Spirit is not forgiven. Don't ask me why God put so much a price tag on the obedience to the Holy Spirit. I'm not very sure. 
but the Bible is clear. Jesus is very clear. You can insult Jesus, insult God, anything else, they will forgive you. But when you do that to the Holy Spirit, it's not forgiven. But people can blaspheme the Holy Spirit, equating him to demons. I always say to this, I say this to people, that if you are not sure that what you are seeing is either a demon or the Holy Spirit, keep quiet. Because you can blaspheme the Spirit of God unknowingly. And you are entangling yourself with the things that were not supposed to be on your way. Sometimes it helps to keep quiet. Until you know. Then you can speak. Guys, as a believer, always speak from truth. Speak from knowledge. Don't speak from heresy. Don't speak from opinions, no matter how beautiful they sound. They might not be the truth of the Spirit of God. And they might be blasphemous to the Spirit. Hallelujah. You guys are listening to me. He possesses the divine attributes of the Godhead. He has the divine attributes of the Godhead. If you have Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, do you have that scripture? He is eternal according to that scripture. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, the Bible says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to save the living, through the eternal spirit he offered himself. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He has this attribute that he is eternal. Why? Because he is God. God is eternal. And the spirit in you is eternal. It doesn't die. It does not fade away. It's an eternal spirit because he is the spirit of God. And this is the spirit that Jesus used or that propelled Jesus to offer himself on the cross of Calvary. For you and me. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. The Holy Spirit. You can find this in Psalm 139 verse 7 to 10. You can go and read this. He is the omnipotent. Luke chapter 1 verse 35. Do we have Luke? Yes. Luke chapter 1 verse 35. It says, and the angel answered here, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will come upon you. Who is the power of the Most High? The Holy Spirit. And the power of God comes upon us through the Holy Spirit. And listen to me very carefully. You already have the Holy Spirit, which means that the power of the Most High is inside of you. The power of the Most High is on you already. There is no one on earth, humanly speaking, is as powerful as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have the power of God inside of you. You have God residing inside of you. And you residing in that same God. So you're too powerful for your circumstances. 
too powerful for the enemy. The challenge is we listen too much to the lies of the devil, which want to make you feel like you are not powerful because he doesn't want you to use your power. Because when you use your power, he is no match. He can't come near you. He is a defeated enemy already. So I pray this morning that there will be an enlightening in our spirits, in our hearts, and in our minds to understand how powerful we are. Because the power of the Most High, the Holy Spirit, is upon us and is in us. If you can talk to your neighbor for me and say you are too powerful, too powerful to appear like this. You're too powerful. Very powerful. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. First Corinthians chapter 2, you have it? Verse 10 and 11. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Oh my God. Inside of you dwells a man who searches everything, including the depths of God. And why does he search the depths of God? So he can reveal them to you. Because you and me are designed by the will of God to know God deeper. To know the mysteries of God. To know the depths of God. To know the internals of God. No one knows God like you. Because of his spirit. Who searches these things and reveals them to you. Are you with me ladies and gentlemen? You have your teacher. The Holy Spirit in you. Allow him to teach you. Allow him to walk with you. Allow him to be your friend. Be his best friend. In fact, let him be your best friend. Your number one friend. How many minutes do I have? I don't have any. I'm borrowing one minute. I told you I cannot finish this. You know, the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about in the whole Bible, he is referred to as one, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Comforter the counselor, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of promise, the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace, the spirit of life, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of holiness. That's the Holy Spirit in you. If you have the spirit of holiness in you, you have holiness. The spirit of truth is in you, you have the truth. The spirit of grace in you, you have the grace of the living God. The spirit of adoption, you have it. The promise, you have the promise of God. He helps you. He counsels you. Allow him, ladies and gentlemen. That's my prayer this morning. The world is looking for believers who know Jesus. And for you to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to you. Be friends with the Holy Spirit. Don't look for him anywhere else. He is inside of you. Maybe in the future when we teach about the Holy Spirit also, we will look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit and his 
proper functions and everything else to equip you and to help you focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. May you be taught of the Lord and may you be led of the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of promise that you promised us and you have given us and whom we have received as believers and he resides in us eternally. We thank you for hearts and minds that are willing to obey the Spirit of God, even as he teaches us. Holy Spirit, thank you this morning. Thank you that you are in us. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you are upon us. Thank you that you have anointed us with the same anointing that you anointed Christ with. We submit our hearts, our minds, our lives, therefore, to your leadership. Lead us and guide us. In such times as this, we desire one thing this morning, that you be our friend, Holy Spirit, our best friend. So continue teaching us even as we hear. Teach us to hear your voice. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.